Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking to Sona Ozenk. Sona is an inventor, artist, and entrepreneur. He has an award-winning design studio, and his companies and products have received huge media coverage, appearing on BBC, El Decor, ID Magazine, Art Review, T3 Magazine, The Evening Standard, and The Independent. He's been invited to speak on stage at a TED Talk, and his latest venture, Maker's Cafe, is the UK's first 3D printing cafe. In this episode, we're talking about the power of creativity and making as a source of happiness and fulfilment. We talk about the creative process, and we discuss the power and the future of 3D printing. Coming up right now on Spirit Pig. Enjoy. So, now, thank you so much for being here. Um, it's absolutely awesome to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Not at all. And um, so one of the things I want to start out on is, um, now I was doing a little bit of, um, you know, digging up some of your history and your blogs and your Twitters right. and finding out a little bit about you. And I know that you, uh, you studied mechanical engineering in Turkey and yes. then you did a web development course, cooking classes, but none of these things really, um, you weren't satisfied. None of these things really uh, was, was the passion. What was the turning point for you? How did you discover this passion? Um, I mean, to be honest, they, they are part of my, well, it was, it was on the path to find that passion, to be honest. Um, so that's why I was exploring in the education route what's, what sort of skill sets I can gain by, by making use of these trainings, so mechanical engineering, product design, web development. But the reason I wasn't satisfied was probably I couldn't put those into practice immediately. So it took me a while, but... I'm a person that, that who gets bored pretty quick. <laughs> so I was like, so I trained as a mechanical engineer. So I tried a couple of years, nothing happened. So I was like, maybe that's not right for me. Then I did product design and I did the same thing. A couple of years, nothing happened. Then web development, then then cooking classes and that sort of thing. But that, that question mark, that um, exploration in a way, it, it was always part of my life. And I don't think it's going to change anyway. So you may find me doing another class next year or so so you, would you, you say you're very curious by nature you're constantly trying new things um exploring investigating exactly i mean i'm a bit restless in the way that location wise for example i don't like to be located in the same place so i keep i have a gypsy blood definitely <laughs> so i can't really rest and then do the same thing for uh, for a certain period of time so i need to move location i need to move um, businesses, I need to move my house. So this is this is a constant thing in my life, and hopefully it's not going to change because I believe that's a good thing. Oh, fantastic! I was actually um, I think there was a blog post it was a couple of years back, so I'm sure like it's um, it's been decided by now. But you you were umming and ahhing. You had I think you had London, Sydney, Berlin, and New York as as your go to places, and you were, you were weighing the pros and cons of which one to stay for. What did you go in for then? Did you stay in London? Um, so yeah, my last decision is still London. I mean, if you look at it as a balance, the good things, I'm not saying it's the best city in the world, but if you look at it as a balance, I mean, the public transport is working. Things do work in London. That's my last, last decision. I mean, there are good things about New York. There are good things about Berlin. I mean, Berlin is cheap, for example, uh, New York is more exciting. There are much more things happening in New York, but if you look at it as a, in a, in a, in a balanced way, I think London is still the best city to live in, and that's why I am in London. But I have no intentions to stay here forever. Or I, I will keep London as my base, but I will be traveling a bit more, hopefully, within a couple of years. But I'm kind of stuck with Maker's Cafe at the moment, so I need to look after the baby for a while. Fantastic. And we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna obviously going to link everything up in the show notes, but just... Um... Why don't you give everyone just a little brief, uh, a little brief synopsis of exactly what you're working on at the moment with Maker's Cafe. It's, it's a fascinating project. 
So Maker's Cafe, well, you need to look into my background um, a bit. So I'm a product designer originally. So I was looking at uh, lighting design, um, tableware, and at some point I was using laser cutting. And I set up an online laser cutting service provider, um, and it's called Razor Lab, and it, it is still out there. But my feeling was it was a time to meet with my customers um, and have, have this face-to-face -face interaction with these people. Because if you look at these online businesses, that is exactly what they're lacking. Um, they don't have this interaction. They can't really see what these customers are making. So in an online business, you receive an order. It's just a drawing, and then you just make it and then post it to them and you can't see the face reaction you can't see what exactly they do with these pieces and i was also following the 3d printing world as well and i have interest obviously in food so maker's cafe became the the combination of all my fantasies in one room so maker's cafe is to 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 summarize it is half maker space half cafe so people can come in grab a coffee um, and they can chill out, they can, they can discuss projects, but when they come up with an idea, they can bring those um, design files to us and then we can make them happen by using our laser cutters, 3D printers. Fantastic. Now, it's, um, it sounds like, a, it's like an amazing, uh, amazing project in space. Um, and you did a, a great TED Talk, which I was lucky enough to see the other day in, um, in the Square Mile. And one of the, one of the phrases you said is you've, you've, got, you've had this history and this passion about making creating and you said like i think you used the phrase like i made things i make things and i will make things you know in years yeah. to come and what is it about making and creating that that makes you so happy that that is you know that does it for you i guess um that phrase comes from one of the moments i had where i was like okay what the hell am i doing in this world um so i was looking at my life and i was like trying to figure out why am i here Mm. Um, so that's, that's when I was, I kind of, um, came up with that idea that I looked at my past, I looked at what I'm doing right now, and I kind of tried to foresee what's going to happen in the future. Um, and that's, that was the realization point for me. So I made things, I, I am making things and I will make things from what I can see from now. Um, because that's kind of an instinctive thing as well. Maybe it's, it's coming from my genes, but I always made things in the past as a kid. Um, and my training kind of supports the, the making at the, at the present. And uh, when I look at the business models that my brain comes up with, it looks like it will be associated with some sort of making. And making is a very broad term. I mean, you don't need to um, make objects. I mean, food making is making as well. Um, and that's what I was talking about at the tech talk. So making love, making decisions. Okay, there's a wordplay obviously there, but I think we are all about making and then uh, try to showcase those things that you made to other people and then get feedback, get appreciation. Um, so if you make things without the appreciation, then that becomes maybe art, and uh, which I am super interested in as well. So in theory, I don't really mind what what you think about what I make, as long as I am happy with it. Yeah. So that's what's happening at the moment. Well, one phrase which I loved, which you um, which you used a couple of times, um, and in in some of the articles I read, was um, this phrase of uh, the theater of manufacturing. Yeah. Could you maybe just describe like what what you mean by the theater of manufacturing? Okay, so this is one of the things. Uh, this is one of our selling point at Maker's Cafe because. Um, you, you have maker spaces, uh, you have workshops, um, 
you have places that you can make things. But the problem is, um, as, as soon as you enter these spaces, people look at you and they judge you from top to toe. And then if you don't look like you belong to that space, you're kind of out of the game. In Maker's Cafe, we be trying to avoid this. We want people to come and socialize. As I say, coffee is a icebreaker. So we want people to drink a lot of coffee in our space. And if they want to make things, they can come to us and use our machines, but they don't have to. So we don't put the pressure on people and we don't judge people. So we welcome all sorts of people from amateur level to professional level, from students to architects. Um, and coming back to the theater of manufacturing, we literally want people to grab a coffee, um, sit down and watch what's happening around them. Because one of the missing points with manufacturing right now is we don't have the link. We, we kind of lost that link where uh, you can't really see the manufacturing process. So you don't really know where your iPhone is coming from or where, where this, this uh, plate or this mug or the hat you have in your head <laughs> is coming from. So we're trying to put that link back to our life so that you have a better connection with what you're making. Um, and with the theater of manufacturing, it's, it's especially um, a very special moment if you come up with that design and if you watch that process happening in front of you. Um, you can't really see this happening around at the moment. So Maker's Cafe has that theme or the, the slogan of the theater of manufacturing. It's just something quite... And, Sorry. And, and the thing is, um, we are the actors and the machines. So we are the stage and you are the audience. Fantastic. That's, that's kind of the set with Maker's Cafe. And there's something quite, there's something quite um, amazing and sort of empowering when, you know, actually you can take an idea, just a concept, which is just in your imagination. And then, you know, you can then actually sketch it or you, you, you CAD draw it. Or, cause I think <laughs> this was some of the process with your design studio, but actually you, t you have an idea and then, to actually see your idea in a physical reality, which, you know, Correct. it's, it's almost, it's come out of nothing. You know, that, that was an idea maybe like, you know, half an hour ago, an hour ago, and then exactly. suddenly you've got something tactile, which you can hold, you can touch. And that idea of creating, you know, something physical, tactile, that must be a pretty, a pretty special. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of our present days. We have the technology to make that happen. I mean, laser cutters, 3D printers, Okay, they are not super, super fast, but still within a couple of hours, as you say, that sketch on that piece of paper that you just sketched a couple yeah. of hours ago is something physical that you can hold in your hands, if not immediate, but within a couple of hours, maybe the next day, but still pretty immediate, I mean, compared to what we used to have like 20, 30 years ago. So it is, we are living in, a, in an exciting time at the moment. Really exciting, and um, it seems like you you're right at the cutting edge. What what what's your motivation behind everything you do? Like what what's the driving force? Um, I think I would like to see people making things. Um, I mean, I keep repeating myself, but I love making things myself, and I like the idea of. So that's what I was thinking the other day. Okay, am I supporting consumerism in a way? Yes, I am. But at least I am allowing people to come up with an original idea, so they don't go to a shopping center or, or a high street market and buy something mass produced. Yeah. In our case, people have the freedom. So it's kind of uh, democratized in the way that people design things, people manufacture things. So the factory is coming back to our doorstep. Um, and that's what we're trying to promote with Maker's Cafe. You're saying, cause yeah, it's, it's, it's no longer sunny seeing manufacturing as a, a dirty, sweaty, mechanical out, you know, in the middle of nowhere. This is actually engineering uh creation 
building actually on your doorstep accessible to everybody which is exactly i mean if you did ask me what is makers cafe it's not a manufacturing business it's a show business for us so we're trying to make making sexier hotter nicer so we're trying to change the face of manufacturing in a way as you were saying it's not sweaty it's not stinky it's not geek anymore if, if it is something that people can um, gather around and watch and witness the theater of manufacturing and also they are super encouraged right now to make things. They may not be the most creative people or most designer people out there, but at least they have the chance to witness maybe other people to come up with creative ideas in a space like this. We want people to socialize um, and maybe introduce to these technologies so that they, they will be encouraged or inspired because we organize workshops and events as well in our space. So daytime from nine to six, it is a manufacturing space in a way. So they can get laser cutting and 3D printing done and obviously get a coffee. But after six, this becomes an events venue. So we're talking about a lot of DJ events, um, pop-up dinners. So as long as we can associate any of these different things with some sort of making, we're good to go. And we would like to push it to the boundaries. Fantastic. And actually, I think you kind of touched on it. It was one of, one of the things I was going to ask was like, I mean, what, what, what if we're not like naturally sort of, um, you know, you clearly, you know, you went to um, Central St. Martins, you've, you've obviously got, you know, a design creativity about you. What, what if we're not an artistic person by nature? Should we, should we still, should we still make even though, you know, it, what I'm making is absolute crap? Or I mean, is the actual process of the making more important than the, the finished product? Well, the thing is, there is no term. I think the adjective crap doesn't really <laughs> fit to making. So anything you make is good for you as long as you're happy and you know as long as you're happy with the process itself um, and hopefully the the outcome itself Uh, so we encourage people it it is like you going back to your childhood because as a kid you wouldn't really care with your drawing as long as you love the process as long as you can socialize around that drawing board or paper whatever Uh, we want people to you know get rid of their limitations and then we're trying to say, okay, you can make things. A- anyone can make things. Okay, maybe it's not going to be the most functional product out there. <laughs> um, and the other thing is maybe it's a bit like going to a concert, right? Um, you try to play the piano for ages and you couldn't succeed, but you can be a good audience. So it is the same thing with making. You may not make things, and but in an environment like this you can become the audience and again coming back to the theater of manufacturing you can watch other people but our expectation is at some point you will have the guts to you know join the crowd and then be part of one of our workshops and try at least once if you fail well that's the thing maybe even failing doesn't exist right yeah because you made you made something and then it's your decision or it's your appreciation you may care or you may not care what other people say. As long as you're happy with what you made, it's good to go. Fantastic. And on a personal level, what what, what does your creative process look like? Do you do you start with a problem and then you're 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 brainstorming and you're trying to find a solution, or do you suddenly have like flashes of genius, like eureka moments? Like, what what does your creative process look like? Um. Well, I think my approach is I pick up one technology and one material. Um, so for example, with my lighting designs, um, I had this lampshade called CMYK shade. Um, it's acrylic and made of, made with laser cutting. So the idea would be, um, I would explore what can be done with that material and what that, what can be done with that uh, manufacturing technology and push it to the limits and then make a research, 
um, in the market to see if there is anything around that design. Mm. And if I feel like that is something that I can sell, I put it online and try to make some money out of it. And that's kind of my design approach. Um, and coming back to my most like um, productive time of the day, I think it's 3.30 a.m. in the morning. 3.30 a.m. Very precise. Are you, have, you, have you just woken up or have you not gone to bed yet? Is it late at night or early in the morning? No, no, no. This is like in the middle of my sleep. Okay, so you wake I up. Kind of like, I kind of like wake up and then I take notes using my, I don't know, my iPhone or I have a sketchbook just next to my bed. But it's, it's, it's very like, this is the observation I made for many years. 3.30 a.m. spot on. Fantastic. I love that. What, what, what kind of things, um, well, I think you, you mentioned how you take the two products, but is there, is there uh, an environment or what, what, what kind of things inspire you the most? Is it being around um, people or like you say you're traveling? Is it, is, it, is it that constant traveling, constant getting new um, aesthetic sort of uh, influences or what, what, what's your, what inspires you? I think what happens is you kind of feel like you are stuck sometimes. And traveling does does really help. Yeah, and going to a foreign country with foreign language does really help as well. Mm. Because I think I think all that crowd in your brain kind of disappears if you're in a foreign country. If you don't understand the language, it's all like blah 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 blah. But you don't understand what's happening. But still, you're in a crowd, so you are still not isolated from the crowd. But you are kind of isolated because of the cultural barrier or the language barrier. So I think traveling does really help. But also travel, you can take it as not physical travel, but you can travel by closing your eye and like maybe inside you, you can travel, that sort of thing. So you don't necessarily physically change your location to travel. I think you can make it happen if you have enough motivation and enough. um, It is a bit like meditation. Um, So just close your eyes and then take yourself into a space where you can actually think about the things that you're meant to think at that specific moment. Um, it may sound like I am making up these things, but that 3.30 moment, uh, that is exactly what's happening there. So maybe I'm traveling 3.30 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I like it. With, with um, 3D printing, like, I mean, how, how far we, how far can, you know, can it be stretched? Because you, you personally, and, and you, you 3D print music, you can 3D print food, like, mm-hmm. Will we be able to 3D print like anything or, I mean, where, where are the limits on this? Because you, you had some bracelet, didn't you, with sound yeah. waves of a DJ. Yeah. Do you want to maybe just explain exactly what that was? Right. Okay. So with Makers Cafe, as I was saying, we're trying to push things to the limits. So we are literally attacking all these different sectors. Attacking so anything, like that. Attacking like food, music, art, fashion, and try to find ways where we can combine those sectors with some sort of 3D printing, not necessarily 3D printing only, but some sort of making. So with music, for example, I mean, I have a personal interest in music. I love music. I think that's one of the good things that motivates me and take me out of that negative thing sometimes. Um, so I always had interest, but now maybe it, it feels like it is a time to combine it with some sort of 3D printing. So what we do right now is we have this um, creative in residence um, a gentleman called Axel. Um, so he's helping us out to turn sound waves into something that we see on the screen. So a sound wave is something that goes up and down the frequency. So we, we turned it around a bracelet shape 360 degrees 
Um, so if you look at the bracelet, um, it doesn't mean anything to you when you look at it. But once you explain, it is actually me saying, for example, Maker's Cafe or a newborn baby making her his first sound or you um, proposing to your wife, would you marry me? That sort of special moments and then something you say on that special moment. And the good thing about that bracelet is it is you carrying that bracelet, which says that special word, whatever, as, and said by you. So it is a very special thing that you carry. And the good thing is it is a bit abstract. Well, not a bit. It is complete abstract. <laughs> look at the bracelet and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like anything. Um, and with food, for example, again, I mean, these are all... Um, experiments at the moment they are not something that that will turn immediately into something uh, that you will um, turn into a commercial product or in the in the food case it's not really like you can serve 3d printed food but we are about pushing things and without a starting point we're not going to go anywhere right so yeah. we need to start from somewhere so we have chocolate printers now uh, we had the, we have these fruit printers um, so you can experiment with these things and then you can maybe make that something that will complement to a proper food. Uh, so we're trying to, you know, hook up with uh, Michelin star restaurants right now and try to see if they would like to collaborate with us, but they will be serving free courses during this pop-up dinner and we will complement to it by using our printers. So perhaps we'll be serving a free printed dessert made out of chocolate. Amazing. Is, is it true? I mean, I heard the other day, um, I can't remember where it was. Um, it was some uh, tech tech magazine, but um, can you three D print organs? Um, yes, again, that's that's sort of an experiment. Way way. I think I think we we need to be careful about the term three D printing now because there is kind of overused and yeah. then sometimes misused as well. So because um, because three D printing is a buzzword right now, everyone's trying to make use of it. So people <laughs> are three D printing music, three D printing food, three D printed organs. But if you look at it, you need to be careful with what exactly is happening behind those technologies. Mm. So with 3D printing chocolate, for example, you cannot really construct a 3D, 3D um, object. It's more like um, decorating a birthday cake kind of thing. So okay. they still call it a 3D, print, uh, 3D printed chocolate, but I don't really agree with that. So we, we really need to be careful with that. So you'll see a lot of, the, of these things happening on the press and people will continue to make use of the buzzword 3D printing. Awesome. We've got now um, just a couple of, uh, couple of speed questions to finish up. But um, what, this is a question I asked um, most of our guests. But um, in a nutshell, like, what does a fulfilled life mean to you? Fulfilled life? Wow. <laughs> Did I go deep uh, on you? Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, fulfilled life. Um... Um, I think the, well, that, that's a deep question. Um, I would say... It's quite mean. I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have like, maybe just given you a heads up. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, um, well, the, well, funny enough, this is, the, this is a question I've been lately asking to myself, well, actually for many years. Um, I would say to be able to come up with an idea and to see that growing. Um, and we, we kind of have an ego, I guess, as a designer or as a creative person. Um, so you want to come up with ideas and then you want to see that happening. And somehow you need an audience too. 
So it's all about getting some some sort of appreciation. Um, and my latest thinking is I don't like it because it's just becoming too much ego or too much like you becoming reliant on that appreciation in a way. And that's not a good thing. So you should be doing things um, for the sake of doing things in a way. Um, I don't know. I'm confused right now. No. But, uh, maybe <laughs> I know. I, I know. I know what you. I, what you're saying just there. I kind of know what you're trying to get at because I think. Um, I think I do anyway. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I used to do um, a lot of like acting and theatre and stuff. Um, right. And you're right. Like, I mean, a lot of it was the love of the acting and the theatre and the performance. But there was obviously a lot of ego coming into it. You love it when you know there's right. an audience. Everyone's clapping. Everyone loves it. And yeah. actually, maybe it was actually you you lose you know why you actually do it so um yeah i think it's it's a it's a good idea um not good idea but um i think it's very satisfactory um if you can come to a stage where you can um transfer your knowledge to other people and then uh see other people making use of what you told them i think that's a good satisfaction so that that may be a good you know endpoints for for your question i mean is that the fulfillment yes that maybe it's not me making things it's me seeing other people making things maybe that's more important fantastic that'd be good fulfillment (laughs) um and um what is uh this is another one which you can actually bypass but like if if you had to give like some one thing like one thing that our listeners can do today that you know will have a massive positive effect on their lives like is there one any piece of advice have you ever been given like any like even like nuggets of that have like really stuck in your head over the years or any pieces of advice um keep talking keep walking keep talking keep walking nice i like it but that's a good one because um that's kind of again my observation looking at my own life um i look at it and the moments i kind of get stuck is, is the ones that I kind of become a bit quiet and then stop um, moving around. Mm. So the solution is you, you just need to, we are social animals. We need to go out there and we, we need to explore. And that's, that's a good uh, way of um, getting rid of that stuckness in a way. So we need to keep talking to other people and maybe start with yourself um, and also keep walking. So travel and see other places and other people. I like it. Thanks. And um, are there any books? Are you, are you, are you a reader? Are there any books that have had a big impact on your life? Um, oh, okay. I'm, 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 all, I'm always on the audio books now. So I, I multitask. I, I walk, walk a dog and then suddenly have like an audio in the background. Let me just see because I have my book collection just here. <laughs> um, this is apparently the last book I'm reading. Um, Moonwalking with Einstein. But um, I think I just... Started the other day, but I didn't go through it <laughs> yet. Um, but um, I like it. Moonwalking with Einstein. Often a couple of the same ones come up again and again. So moonwalking with Einstein. That's the first time. So I did. Okay. If you stick with that, then you 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 you're, you're in un- uncharted territory. Yeah, I mean, I think well, with books, I think you need to be a bit random because yeah. I mean, there will be the best sellers out there, but then that's for the general public. So you, if you want to be doing you know, different things, you need to be reading different things. And then the best thing to do is just pick up a random book, I guess. Amazing. I'm not saying this is the randomest book, but <laughs> it has a good title, right? You just, you just ran in around your flat and picked up the first yeah. one. <laughs> exactly. don't, don't, don't pull that one. <laughs> yeah. 
And finally, um, how can how can um, how can people find out more about you? Like, where should we send them? Like, Twitter, your website, or where's the best place? Um, I think the best thing to do is go to makerscafe.com. Uh, but the Razer Lab website is still out there. It's a laser cutting business. It's an online business. Um, my personal website is my name and surname, so it's sonarozenk.com. Um, apart from websites, we are big on Twitter. Uh, Makers Cafe is posting a lot on on Twitter. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it. That's amazing. I will uh, I will link up all of those things uh, in the show notes so people can uh, people can find you. Uh, Sonia, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you. It's uh, it's late at night, and you've um, you've been had done probably about a fourteen hour day, like laser cutting, doing all your stuff, and then you come and talk to us. So I really appreciate it. It's been awesome talking to you. Not a problem. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Catch you thank soon. You,